If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Tonight, more questions emerge on Cecilia Dapa's stashed million-dollar scandal, with the Attorney General adducing fresh set of facts contradicting those presented by police prosecutors, including a claim that the reported $1 million found in the home of the former sanitation minister did not belong to her. Plus, main suspects in related theft case says she stole no money from the former sanitation minister's home. We're here from her lawyer. You know this matter, there are so many strengths here and there. And we know it is one of those tactics employed to keep the people in cells. Please, I tell you, my client has not stolen any money from anywhere. Please, Nobody has that kind of amount in her wardrobe. And Top Story is always brought to you by Vodafone. There is fresh controversy tonight following the publication of the Attorney General's advice to the police on the Cecilia Dapa stashed million dollar scandal. The document seen by John News and addressed to the Director General of the Police Criminal Investigations Department reveal a raft of contradictions with the facts first filed in court by police prosecutors. Whereas the police's facts conclude that a $1 million allegedly stolen from the former sanitation minister's home belonged to her. The AG's document claims Cecilia Dapa had written a statement in which she was categorical that the money was not hers. Legal Affairs correspondent Joseph Akablay joins me live now uh, with details and he's joining me via Zoom. And, and Joseph, there's a lot to go through and to break down uh, for audiences, but let's start with what we know Cecilia Dapa had said. According to the AG's document, first we learn from the AG's document that Cecilia Dapa discovered the alleged theft on 10th August 2022, last year, after her husband had informed her on the 6th of October, that is four days prior. Now, she had been in Kumase when the husband found the house help allegedly in the bedroom where the monies were kept. We are also told in the AG's advice that Cecilia Dapa only gave a police statement nine months later on the 4th of July, 2023, this year, nine months later. We'll come to the question this nine months gap raises. But first, what did she tell the police in this statement 
according to the AG's document, which she gave the police on the 4th of July. And so in terms of what she handed over to the police, in a statement on the 4th of July, 2023, she stated that uh, she took it took her a couple of days to arrange the things in the room and find out the items which had been stolen. So after going through her things, she found that a number of personal items, including those of her deceased brother, were missing. The personal items included a collection of jewelry she had kept for about 35 years, totaling $95,000, various types of kente cloth, uh, GTP cloths with a total value of 56,000 cities, dresses valued at about 20,000 cities, various types of handbags totaling $35,500, uh, and different types of perfumes valued at $1,400. She also found that uh, they had lost a bag containing $200,000. This is very important. Another bag also containing 300,000 euros, an amount of 300,000 cities contribution for her mother's funeral and 50,000 cities for the house and a box containing about $800,000 belonging to a deceased brother which was sent uh, to her together with some regalia for safekeeping following the death of her brother. And so we see here that uh, in terms of the amount that she's explaining who it belongs to, the reference is made to just the 800000 dollars which he says belongs to a deceased brother which was sent to her together with some regalia for safekeeping and it's important to note that evans she's making this statement after the matter according to what the ag found had already been reported to the police as far back as october 2022 so we are told that on the 6th of october 2022 daniel osei who had left his house at about 7 30 on a planned trip to achimodan returned home unexpectedly after the trip had been cancelled. When he entered his house, he was alarmed by an unusual noise in the house from the direction of the bedroom of the couple. As he walked towards their bedroom, he noticed that the door to the bedroom was opened. He did not find anyone in the bedroom, but he noticed that the door to a storeroom in the bedroom was also opened. And so when he entered the storeroom, he saw the first accused hiding behind the door. The accused could not offer any explanation for her presence in the room, and with the assistance of his driver and the policeman, on duty in the house, they arrested the first accused and sent her to the Tessano police station. Evans, it's important to take note of the Tessano police station. He later realized that five different men's suits valued at $500 each and five pieces of kente cloth valued at 15,000 cities each had been stolen. And so it was at this point that uh, Mr. Kufo called the wife, Cecilia Dapa, who was in Kumasi, to inform her of the incident. Now she returned to Accra on the 10th of October. And it's interesting to note that the statement that she gives the police is on the 4th of July, 2023. Yeah. And so the question that we asked comes up that, okay, so why is this matter being reported? Or why is the statement being offered in July? And that is a very important gap that needs to be explained. So Cecilia Dapa discovers this on the 10th of October in 2022, last year. But as far as the records are concerned and this AG document is concerned, it's only nine months later that then she gave a statement to uh, the police, officially now uh, announcing to the police and telling the police and reporting the matter, um, supposedly, that she's lost this amount of money. The key question then that raises is what happened between October 10th of 2022 
and 4th July of 2023 when you discovered that this amount had gone? What happened in that particular period? Uh, it's a fundamental question that this also raises. Yes, Evans. And I mean, this particular fact on the late report or what's happening between the time period like you're asking, it's reflected in the police charges that they filed in court as well. If you look at the police charge that was sent to court, they make the point that sometime in June 2023, the complainants reported a theft of cash and some personal effects as indicated on the face of the charge sheet. And so then it goes on to recount facts that now says police investigation revealed that sometime in October 2022. So if you read the fact sheet, the fact sheet also makes the point that the report was made in June 2023. Yeah. But their investigation showed that the theft took place in October of 2022. And then, so now then that, it was again. Let's yeah. return to the money because that has been the controversy. Again, if you read the police charge sheet, and which had been amended three times, in all its incarnations, the police is emphatic that the $1 million belonged to Cecilia Benadapa. Now, in we've just recounted from the AG's advice in the document that we now have, the, what is written to the Director General of the CID, that in there, apparently, and from the AG's account, as is now being reported as Isladapa gave a statement. Isladapa had written in the statement apparently on the 4th of July that the money actually is not $1 million, but actually $800,000 in a box that belonged to her deceased brother and $200,000 that was also found in the bag in the house. Now, Joseph, this is Isladapa's brother, one Henry Osai Krabana, also gave a statement on the same day, which is the 4th of July, to the police, according to the Attorney General's advice in the document that we're now reading. What did he say? So Henry Osei Kobna, the brother of Cecilia Abna Dapal, gave a statement on 4th July. He told the police that his younger brother, Nana Akwesi Esan II, the Numa Henry to the II, died in January 2022. So after his death, the office was opened. His office was opened. And a box containing $800,000 was retrieved from the office. His mother asked him to send the box of money to his sister, Abnadapa, for safekeeping. According to him, his mother added some gold regalia belonging to his late brother to the money, he, and he brought the money and regalia to his sister in Accra for safekeeping. Now, this Osel Kwabna goes on to say that he was informed by his sister, the minister, in October 2022, that the money and regalia together with a number of items had been stolen from her home. Mm. In other words, Henry Osei Krabana, who is a brother, also on a false rights statement to corroborate that, in fact, the 800,000 did not belong to her sister, but belonged to the brother who had deceased, who is deceased now, who is a, a chief, the Numwa Hene to Tun Force to the second. Now, that, Joseph, also raises a, a fundamental question about the $800,000 and the $200,000 because this is 4th of July when, according to the AG document, Cecilia Pai is telling the police that the money does not belong to her but belongs to the dead father. However, the police took that statement and subsequent to that, put together a charge sheet and took it to court. Now, if you take the last revision of that charge sheet which was amended on the 20th and that by the way is 16 days later they still yeah. went to court 
and placed before the court the fact that the money is actually $1 million and it belonged to Sister Dapa and repeated three times in that charge sheet. They amended it. In, in fact, that part of the document reads that patients, Butri, Sarah, Jay, uh, within this jurisdiction of this court, did dishonestly appropriate the cash sum of $1 million, the property of Cecilia Abna Dapa. Yes. And, and it raised the question about the gap. So, Cecilia Dapa, now we're learning from the AG's document, actually told the police in a statement that the money doesn't belong to me. It's 800000 and not a million. There's a 200000 in a separate bag. And let's also state that, again, in this document, the AG's document says that the AG did not establish who owns the $200,000 and the 300,000 euros. But Sislerapa had said in this statement on the 4th of July that the money don't belong to her. Yet 16 days later, in the third amendment to the to the, the police charge sheet, the police still told the court that the money belonged to Sislerapa. So didn't they have that written statement by Cecilia Dapa, which we are told by the AG's document that he actually, actually wrote on the 16th, on the 4th of July at a police station. Uh, and, and the police, obviously, from what we understand, used that as a basis to put together the charge sheet. So why didn't they reflect what Sislerapa had said? I mean, that is a question that arises, another contradiction and, and, and screaming at you when you look at this. Now, another thing that we also picked up on is a, another contradiction. And Joseph, you've covered this extensively. In the original charge sheet and the facts that the police had put together, the suits that were stolen, allegedly belonging to Sister Dapa's husband, how many did they state they, they were? And so specifically, if you go to uh, the number of the suits, so first, if you read the AG's uh, documents, if you go to the bottom part of it, uh, it makes the point about when the husband had discovered, and he says that five men's suits valued at $500 each, and five pieces of kente cloth uh, valued at, uh, five pieces of kente cloth valued at 15,000 CDs each had been stolen. And so that was after he discovered this step that he called the wife to inform the wife about this particular incident. And as far as the suit is concerned, the AG's document then specifies the number. He says he re later realized that five different men's suits valued at $500 had been allegedly stolen. But if you look at the police's uh, charge sheet, their report of six suits at the cost of yes. at the cost of $3,000. So again, yeah, they, yeah, there's a contradiction there uh, in terms of the pure facts on the face. But but Joseph, there's another the number, the number as well as the amount. The so number, if you read the ages one, the value that is placed on a five suit is, uh, the, I mean, they, they placed at five hundred dollars, and they place the number at just five. In this particular instance, they put the number at six of them, and they say that they are valued at three thousand US dollars. And then they, we also learn what the AG did when they examined the docket. Now, the first paragraph on that page also makes for some interesting reading. It says, quote, there is nothing in the docket on the complaint made by Daniel Asekufor or any member of the household at the Tessana police station. So the Tessana police station, where we are told that this house help was first taken to after she was arrested by the police guard, to Sisladapa, the AG examines the docket and it says th there's nothing to show that a complaint was made by the husband 
nor any member of the household. And, and Joseph, this raises a question. When the AG says, or any member of the household at the Tessano police station, does that include Cecilia Dapa? Because we know that on the 4th of July, 2023, she made a statement. And the question then becomes, where did she write that statement? Is it also at Tessano or another station? Because the AG says there is nothing on the docket in the complaint made by uh, Daniel Serku for or any member of the house at Tessano police station. Neither is there any information on the arrest of the first accused by the Tessano police nor any investigation conducted at that stage. But Joseph, you remember that you read in the AG's advice that the husband had actually said that the officer in the house stationed to guard Zidalapa infected an arrest. That part says when he entered the store, he saw the first accused hiding behind the door. The accused could not offer any explanation for her presence in the room. With the assistance of his driver and the policeman on duty in the house, they arrested the first accused and sent her to the Tessano police station. And so that report was done. But the AG says there's nothing in the docket on the complaint made by Daniel Osekufor or any member of the household at the Tessano police station. Neither is there any information on the arrest of the first accused by the Tessano police, nor any investigation conducted at that stage. And this is crucial because this purported arrest ought to have happened in October. Exactly. And we are asking the question that why is the matter being reported in June of 2023? So if there was no report or arrest in October, then it begs the question again, did the incident actually happen in October? And then the second question, if indeed the police officer who guards his ledapa effected that arrest on the, on the, this will be on the 6th of October 2022, when the husband first mm -hmm. discovered it, where did he take the accused person? Because AG says there's no evidence that she was taken to Tessano. Because the husband had said when the arrest happened, the suspect was taken to the Tessano police. But there's no evidence on record for that. But uh, I mean, if you look at the fact sheet, it's interesting how the fact sheet that was taken by the police to court, how it goes around this particular issue. It, it, it makes it a bit more confusing as well. That's not address it directly. It says sometime in June 2023, the complainants reported a theft of cash and some personal effects indicated on the face of the charge sheet. Prior to that, A1, who was the house help of the complainants, was caught to have opened and entered the bedroom. It now goes on to say that A1 and A2 were arrested at their hideout in Tamale. <laughs> so now, it, I mean, the, what the police is telling the court now is even a bit more confusing. And, and, and let me but add to that. Let, let me add to that from the AG's document. Again, a further contradiction, even more questions that then that poses. AG's document now tells us that on 27th June 2023, the first accused and the third accused were arrested in Tamale by the police upon a tip-off. Now, here's where this even becomes even more controversial and even more complicated. Because we are told of the first arrest on the 6th of October 2022. Now, there's no record that where we're told the lady was taking... There's any record that she was taken there as a Tessano police station. But then to make it even more complicated, eight months later is when there is a record of an arrest. And, and to make it worse, he didn't, the arrest even didn't happen in Accra. It happened in Tamale by the police. So, so that it begs the question, when a husband first saw the woman in the room allegedly having stolen the money and the police officer arrested her, again, what happened?
Why is it that there's now an eight-month gap between when the alleged crime was discovered and when the lady was arrested? And why is it that she wasn't arrested in Accra but was arrested in Tamale eight months later? And so did the crime really occur? And, and why didn't that happen at the time? So th- there's a lot of questions there to, to answer. And, and then finally, um, we also, something that we also comes up when you look at this, the AG is instructing that a few things happen. But one of the things, Joseph, that the AG never evaluate or direct the police on is to establish the gap between when the crime was allegedly committed and when the report was filed. That gap is not explained, Joseph. Not at all. In fact, it's it's the obvious thing that anyone who reads what the AG has written and what the police filed in court, it, it's, it's, it's very sticking. I mean, it, it sticks right at you that uh, a June report is made, an investigation is conducted, people are arraigned in July. But the facts that are recounted in both to the court and what the AG analyzes from the docket all points to the fact that the crimes took place in October. And so one cannot help but ask the question again that, why was the report delayed and why is this not of concern, obviously, to the investigators who are probing this particular matter, Evans? The AG, however, has directed the police to do a few things. One, to establish the true ownership of the amount of $800,000, the sources from which the established owner of the amount of $800,000 acquired uh, that money, whether the accused actually stole the full amount of 800000 from the house of the complainant. And that, that, another thing we must state, in this document, there's no record of the $800,000 anywhere, although Siladapa and her husband had claimed that that money was in the box and had been stolen. The AG says, look exactly. into that. Uh, and also, they want the, the, the police investigators to also look into the true ownership of the amounts of 200000 and three two hundred thousand dollars and 300000 euros and the sources mm. of those as well. But I find this interesting, and that is, I guess, what we've been anticipating all along, that it's important for the police to establish the ownership of the sums, but also the advice is rendered above. Uh, and as far as the money laundering issues are concerned, they should expand the investigations, Joseph, to include the sources of the funds for Sisledapai and others. Yes, and, and the $800,000 source is crucial for the AG because... The AG says, from the figures that are alleged to have been stolen and what was retrieved, and in terms of the monies that were also taken and the properties that were identified, it appears more money has been stolen, allegedly, than what they've been able to identify and retrieve. And so that is why they are asking the crucial question about the need to establish whether the accused actually stole the $800,000 because she admitted to taking $200,000 and 200,000 cities, but not the $800,000 which is alleged to have stolen. Even though the AG concludes by saying that what she had acquired obviously were in excess of the $200,000 that she had taken or admitted to taking from the room. So tonight, the police, the AG has, has directed the uh, police to expand their money laundering investigations and other financial crimes to cover the complainants in the case, which will be Sisla Dapa, the and the brother and also the husband. Samsung Lada Yenini is a lawyer uh, and colleague here. Also joining me is uh, Mariada with the Ghana Integrity Initiative. Samsung, you read this as well. Uh, you talked about this a fair bit. What's your reaction to all that we are learning tonight? Um, it is important that we don't even confuse the public with, 
with the legalese around what you are dealing with. I am I am so satisfied in the manner in which you and Akable have just distilled the facts and contrasted them as the matter is concerned. I'm sure that the jury is out there. Um, the public will be able to put, you know, these contrasting uh, issues together and make a sense for themselves. Uh, the thing is that, you see, when something doesn't doesn't hold, and you 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 try, particularly in a very desperate manner, to make it, you know, stick, you actually end up making more mistakes and digging a gulf and not a hole for yourself. From what I'm seeing, the matters are becoming rather bizarre, unnecessarily convoluted, and the it's I'll be very frank with you. To see a circumstance where a complainant is reported to have given their statement long after investigations have been completed is very disturbing. Okay? So what you're reading, you're reading facts that show that the complainant are making a complaint to the police long after the police are done with their investigations. How does that happen? It doesn't make any sense, not even legal sense. You see, now I find myself in a difficulty having to pronounce that these accused persons, if they are represented by lawyers, their lawyers will be on the floor, they'll be rolling and just having a laugh because their job is being done for them so easily. Okay? You can understand what the Attorney General's intervention was for. And when you read the advice, it comes to a point which is a very important uh, issue in criminal law that there was a need for the police to avoid duplicity in the charges. And this is very critical. Now, when you're putting in law, we say that if you, uh, a charge is not properly laid, you may have a situation when the trial of the accused you know, becomes improper and unsatisfactory as we know in law. But more substantively, where it appears to record that, you know, a, a charge is defective either in form or substance, previously that would actually lead to the charge becoming what we used to call incurably bad. Now, that has been revised somewhat. So, Evans, first of all, the charge must give reasonable information as to the nature of the offense. Um, it must be done in such a way that 
as far as the particulars of offense are concerned, you are not talking about defects because when they are defects, they also have a certain implication on the charge. Now, I, I find that they are doing, they are trying to do a good job in avoiding what they call avoiding the, the duplicity. Because what the law says is that, for example, if you are talking about different sums of money that have been perfect over different periods of time, the law's requirement on you is not to lump them up and accuse the person of having stolen the total amount. That is why, in fact, in criminal law, you could either have one charge sheet, okay, just one uh, separate charge sheet for each offense. But we have developed to the point that you can put the different charges or counts in one charge sheet. But what you must avoid is what the Attorney General advises here, avoiding duplicity. Mm. Now, um, <laughs> to the extent that it will be, uh, the view will be taken that the duplicity is such that it brings confusion both to the court and to the lawyers and might lead to miscarriage of justice as far as the accused is concerned. Then they would have done a job, and in the end, it will be cost 90. Yeah. So I agree on that respect, where they find different, different, different occasions when monies have been stolen on different dates. You need to establish them and plead them, so to speak, differently. If you, if you lump all of them together, you will say that there is, you, you have fallen into the, 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 the duplicity, and that makes the charge bad. Uh, something some so, so clearly the AG wants to correct something here, and you've raised the issues about all the contradictions that we've also thrown up. I want to bring in Mary Ada in with the Ghana Integrity Initiative. They issued a statement earlier uh, demanding that uh, this matter is thoroughly looked into uh, and, and and let the chips fall where they may. Mary, on the back of everything else we are learning, and you had something. Something was also raising his own questions, uh, and he says it's incredible. Where, where do you stand now? Uh, we, are, we, are, we are a bit more, we are wiser now, I guess. We are learning a bit more now from, from the uh, AG's own document. Hello, Mariada. Okay, we may have lost uh, her on the line there, but, but something, let me stay with you very quickly. So now, now in the face of everything else that we've seen with all those contradictions, somebody needs to reconcile the obvious gaps that we've we've it's it's on the face of it's very very obvious uh, who does that going forward i mean the special prosecutor is also in the in the wings looking into this matter who does look, this look, this closing of these gaps uh, once again you know I'm, i find myself in a difficulty trying to make some rational points or justifications for the people whose money, you know, is lost and now has been, has been stolen and now they are in court. But when you have a charge sheet that was amended on the 5th of July, amended again on the 20th of July, and you are being told that 
the complainant, his primary complainant, is talking about money in a box. And they are telling you, remember when you read the, the, the advice says, her initial complaint. Yes. First of what? Correct? Yeah, that's that's the 4th of July. Correct. 2023. That is her initial complaint. You are telling us that <laughs> by the 20th of July, when there was an amendment, by the 5th of July, when there was an amendment, she had not told the prosecutors, investigators, that this was money and it was in a certain box. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, this that... is getting really bizarre. Uh, and actually ending up making her case terribly, irredeemably, terribly bad. Some six stay with me. Mary Ada is back. Mary, where, where do you stand on this? I know GI issued a statement on this with the other anti-corruption agencies. On the back of everything else you've heard from Samsung and the evidence from the AG's document, does that change your 